This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. You'll find more information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website, churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark. I'm the Associate Director of Church Society. And this week I'm joined by uh, Kirsten Burkett, who is our Theological Consultant. And Kirsty, you have two new books that have come out within the last few months, mm-hmm. both around a similar kind of subject. Just describe the two books and, and why they're not quite the same book. Well, they were both inspired by the same thing. Um, which is I came across the Puritan practice of keeping spiritual diaries. So the two books that I've produced, one is um, from my St. Antolin's lecture on the Puritan diaries. And uh, in it, I talk about specifically that, what the Puritans did with a couple of examples. And it's got the academic references and, uh, you know, some historical detail, that sort of thing. And that's available from the Latimer Trust? From Latimer, yes. I will put the links to that in the blog post uh, that goes with this. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Puritans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, so that's called Spiritual Practices of the Puritans, The Importance of Diary Keeping. But inspired by that, at the time when I came across um, this paper uh, that first uh, alerted me to the Puritan diaries, I was actually... uh, on study league in Australia, I was researching something quite different. But reading about the Puritans inspired me to think about the whole practice of journaling and and just of writing things down and of how helpful that can be. And it was, I guess, the first time I had seen a serious historical example of people finding this spiritually useful. And I thought about, well, how how can writing, so journaling, be of actual spiritual benefit? And that led me to write um, the book that's published by Christian Focus called Imperfect Reflections, The Art of Christian Journaling, which is my reflections on journaling, but they're imperfect reflections and the idea that our reflections can be imperfect. When we're writing it down to ourselves, uh, we don't have to perform. It can be quite natural. And so it can be uh, of spiritual benefit. Okay, great. Well, we're, we're going to explore a bit more of that as we uh, chat together now. I'm interested, though, to start with the Puritans. So that was where you came across this practice. And were they the, the first, was that the sort of first time we know of where Christians were doing this sort of spiritual diary keeping? And what what were they doing it for? How did they use their diaries? Well, it's probably not the first case. I mean, I guess you could call Augustine's Confessions a kind of spiritual diary keeping. Um, so I'm sure people did it before. But the Puritans were very conscious about the practice. It's something that they recommended for congregations um, as a regular spiritual discipline and people or pastors would write diaries and pass them around as models to encourage yeah yeah so it's 
they they thought it was that important and uh so I feel like I would be a lot more self-conscious in my diary keeping if I thought I was going to show it to other people. Um, well, I'm sure I would be too. But I, I guess that tells us two things. One is that they really did want to encourage people to do it. And two, they did want to encourage an atmosphere of uh, more openness about spiritual life. So I think they probably weren't as self-conscious or else squashed their self-consciousness in, in a way that we might not uh, because they wanted honesty and confession of sin and, you know, realism about the Christian life to be normal in, in churches amongst congregations. That's so interesting, isn't it? And again, I mean, you can immediately see a sort of uh, contemporary application of that as we've been thinking so much been made to think so much in these last few years about abuse in the church and and how some of that comes with this sort of putting on a front of of not being criticizable and and not admitting fault and actually the the willingness to write down some of your spiritual flaws and failings as you keep diaries and share that with people just speaks of an entirely different attitude doesn't it that recognises that what your congregation need is somebody who is also a fellow disciple but a fellow sinner to walk along the way with them rather than someone who is setting themselves up to be you know in in some way an an idealised Christian and yeah yeah, I don't know it's a difficult thing and I wouldn't want to be in this situation pastor having to try and work out how open it is appropriate to be but I I love the idea that they they felt that their people needed to see inside them a little bit more perhaps precisely yes and I think it is it's a way of taking seriously the uh, internal growth of a Christian that our personal holiness which is our minds and hearts and thoughts must be a priority for us. It's something we must work on. And when we do that, I, I think the the reality of God's forgiveness becomes more obvious in our lives. And so we do feel more able to confess sin precisely because we know there is forgiveness for it, which is exactly what a Christian congregation should be like. It's, it's what we should be uh, teaching and encouraging each other to do. So the examples that we have of these Puritan diaries, they they are presumably pastors whose whose diaries were were at some point published or at least kept. I mean, I'm imagining we don't have lots of diaries of Joe Bloggs in the pew, th- reflecting on his day out, you know, sort of tending the fields and then coming back and I don't know. Uh, well, well, probably not. I mean, I haven't read every available Puritan diary and there there would be ones that are still just in manuscripts, you know, in libraries or even in people's attics, um, I'm sure. Um, so, so what I actually looked at was one particular diary of Richard Rogers, who was a, um, uh, a 16th century pastor. And then I looked at a 17th century book, which is kind of a how-to on how to write a diary and the sorts of things you should be thinking about uh, recording, um, which is actually uh, quite overwhelming. If you really did everything that was recommended in the how-to, 
uh, you would spend all your life just writing your diary, I think. <laughs> and reflecting on how, how you wrote your diary. And <laughs> That's right, yes. But it, it's encouraging to see the actual example from a real pastor is not that um, onerous. So, Kesey, you mentioned that you sort of came across this uh, historical example of this relatively recently within the last year or two. But um, is journaling something that you had done before that? Did it make you think, no, I must start journaling now? What What is your own practice of Christian journaling at this point? Uh, I have journaled, uh, well, pretty much most of my life. Um, yeah, so, I mean, little girls get given pretty diaries with locks on them. Um, and I, I always wrote in mine. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> yes. And then as a teenager, I would um, have uh, just, yeah, blank books and I would fill them up with uh, just reflections and, and thoughts. Uh, but I was always a little embarrassed about it, I guess, and I'm I'm not sure exactly where that came from, but I did seem to pick up the impression that it was quite a self-indulgent thing to do, a bit of a waste of time, uh, and especially once I became a Christian, not really a thing that Christians spend their time doing. Um, although in some ways I, I still did because I, that is how I process my thoughts is by writing them down. That's how I work out what I think. It's quite natural for me. So I guess in the way that some people talk to others to process their thoughts or, uh, you know, just mull it over inside their own head, I write things down to process them. So I kept up the practice, but I, I did feel um, a little self-conscious of it, I think. We're doing that after you'd become a Christian. Were you aware of how what you were writing about was changing, I guess, but also maybe why you were doing it? Did that change? So various times over the years where I have journaled a little bit and I have never been very good at keeping it going for a long time, but I have often found that my journaling naturally becomes almost a prayer as I'm writing it and it becomes a, a conversation with the Lord rather than just me reflecting on and working out my own thoughts. And I wonder if you felt there was any change in, in that process of what you were doing and why uh, as a Christian. Yeah, uh, it did very gradually. I think possibly because I was already so much in the habit of just using it as an outlet for my thoughts. It was only, it was quite slowly that it became more and more a matter of Christian reflection. Um, and certainly uh, until I read, uh, you know, came across these Puritan diaries, I had never really thought of it as specifically a spiritual discipline. Well, although now I say that, um, I had come across people talking about writing, well, you know, when, when you have a, a daily devotion, often you write the answers down or something like that. So I had used it. Yeah, so I used it in a fairly minimal way in, in you know, doing that sort of thing. Um, yes, but not not nearly as consciously as I would do so now after seeing uh, this the, the wonderful examples of the Puritans. And so as you do it now and, and as you've learned about how they did it, what, what are the spiritual benefits then particularly and how, how has your practice changed in order that, that that becomes the focus? Um, one thing that really struck me with the Puritan models is that they are deliberately trying to talk themselves into a more godly state of mind. So they will start with 
something often that's quite negative, uh, a sad thing that happened or, you know, a sinful impulse they had. Um, and I wonder if that's some some of possibly why Puritans have the reputation for being always down and depressed and, and whatever. But the point of writing down those things was so that you could apply scripture to yourself and write about why this sad thing is not the last word. And in fact, the, the Puritans were consciously trying to talk themselves into joy because they thought that was really the godly state that we should have given salvation, we should be rejoicing all the time, which is after all what scripture says, rejoice always, rejoice every day. Um, and their writing was aimed at actually changing their own emotional state, as well as educating themselves in godliness by applying scripture to themselves, by reminding them of scripture and the truths to, to make them part of one's own heart and not just head knowledge that you can repeat. Uh, so I have followed, followed that model now more consciously um, of not just kind of pouring out my thoughts and feelings in a journal, but actively applying scripture to those thoughts and feelings and see, well, where does it go from there? Um, which is, it, it's more than therapeutic. I think that's, that is when you really get to spiritual journaling. Yeah, almost it, it sounds as though you're, you're kind of writing mini sermons to yourself. Um, you know, you're saying, well, okay, if this is what's happened or this is how I felt or whatever, yeah, what, what do I need to teach myself um, or re at least remind myself um, in order to respond in a more Christian, more godly way to that situation? So quite an active thinking process rather than just blurting sort of everything out that's at the top of your head much more considered yeah, yeah. maybe yes yes i think that's true uh, it is uh, a very specifically applied sermon uh, and so in sense in that sense it, it's it's more than what a preacher can do who has to apply the sermon to everyone it's saying well how does this apply specifically to me right now i i had a question here but i think i now know the answer to this i would my question was, is it something where you're sort of keeping records or looking ahead? And it seems to be very much about thinking about what has happened. So maybe you might do it at the end of a day and reflecting on that rather than necessarily at the start of a day looking ahead and, and thinking, you know, praying and, and considering what might happen. Um, is, is that how, how you would use it? Yes, I think that's that's mostly true. That is mostly how I use it. Although, of course, if I'm uh, nervous about something in the future, I'll I'll use it to think about what's coming ahead and and think about well, what's a more appropriate way to think about the future um, and, and a more godly response. I mean, um, Beadle, who was the the one the seventeenth century man who wrote the book on how to write a diary. Um, he suggests all sorts of different things that you would write about, including, uh, you know, current current events and and politicians, and so that as a citizen you're thinking about, well, what's a godly way for me to approach the the current state of the nation, that sort of thing, uh, which I guess is is not what I do frequently, but it is sometimes if something in the news strikes me 
And I think, okay, what what is a Christian response to this? Um, I find that's quite useful too. So I was very intrigued, Kirsty. I've not yet read, as I said, the, the Christian Focus book, but I was looking at the, the sort of blurb and the list of contents. There is a chapter in that called COVID Diaries 2020. Can you just tell me what, what is that about? Because obviously that was a not just a personal thing. It was a, a global thing, but obviously with personal uh, implications for all of us. Were you doing something specific then? or? Well, I... I was in the sense that when I, so it's uh, towards the end of the book, the the chapters that I'd written previously are all pretty upbeat. I was feeling pretty good when I wrote them. Um, I think that comes through. I was quite positive about spiritual growth and all sorts of things. But then COVID and lockdown came. And I think like everyone, it was just quite a shocking time. And there was a sort of cultural shock we all went through that life is suddenly not what it should be, uh, is a very weird way of living under under lockdown. Um, no, different for different people depending on their circumstances, but I think quite weird for everyone. Um, also, personally, I caught COVID and then long COVID, which was quite debilitating. And then sadly, I lost my job at that time too, uh, which meant I had to move, and just struggling to cope with all of this, um, I was reflecting on, well, how do I find joy in this? And that's largely what that chapter is about. I guess it's a very um, practical applied chapter of all that I'd kind of said before um, as I was working through those issues, and I deliberately stopped the narrative of the book at that point. So if you read the book, you don't know what I'm doing now or or did I get another job or what happened? Did I move somewhere? Or... Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right, yes. But I deliberately stopped it there because I wanted to say it's a happy ending even if I stop in the middle of COVID because the things that make for joy are always true and they're not dependent on our circumstances. And that in a way is what I want the result of journaling to be. To, to see that God's truth is real and a cause for joy, just as the Puritans knew, uh, regardless of circumstances. Great. So journaling is a thing that, that people use in a lot of different contexts and for a lot of different purposes. Um, you know, uh, people uh, in sort of creative fields sometimes do journaling as a way of sort of clearing the head. But it's also a thing that can be used in various kinds of counselling um, for helping people work through particular issues or particular traumas and so on. Is it, are we basically talking about the same thing, do you think? Is this kind of Christian counselling, with Christian journaling with a, a sort of therapeutic edge to it? There's certainly overlap. Uh, and the reason that counsellors suggest journaling as therapy is because it's very effective. Uh, things like keeping a gratitude journal uh, works against all sorts of mental illnesses. It really does have a therapeutic value in depression, in anxiety, in substance abuse. And uh, I mean, if you go into the research on that, there's a whole range of things that objectively get better if you're regularly practicing gratitude. And so there's, that's the sort of reason that counsellors suggest journaling and it does have a genuine 
therapeutic use, and that's good. Uh, I mean, that is a good reason to do it on its own. But I realised as I was writing the book, I wanted to say more than that. I wanted to say, don't just stop at the therapeutic value. Because, for instance, uh, so one of the chapters is on forgiveness. Forgiving someone who has wronged you is a very, very difficult thing to do. And you don't want to do it just so that you feel better. I mean, you will feel better if you forgive, if you're successfully able to um, move past the bitterness and the hurt and so on. But that's not actually the reason why we forgive. We forgive because God has forgiven us. And so that's why I want our journals to use scripture to talk to our hearts as we are trying to change our hearts. I mean, the Spirit is changing us and forming us into the likeness of Christ. We want to be in step with that. And journaling is a powerful way of reminding ourselves on the truth and, as I said before, getting it into our hearts. So it's not just something we know. It is something we actively believe. And those are two different experiences, I think, knowing something and actively believing it. So that's, yeah, it's more than just therapy, good as therapy is. I think this is actually a spiritual tool for helping us grow in Christlikeness. And what are the benefits of doing it as a written journal rather than simply reflecting and meditating on those things in one's one's head and one's heart yeah i i do i do go into that a little bit you know there's um there is evidence that writing things down uh solidifies things in a way that just thinking about them doesn't and i'm not aware of any research that's done in a you know on the effect of spiritual journaling as such, but certainly, uh, you know, there's a lot of research on the difference between typing out lecture notes and writing them by hand. There is something about that handwriting connection which does um, embed ideas into your brain more solidly. So I think there is a value in actual writing as opposed to just thinking about it. And also we're embodied creatures, we're more than just minds. Um, so saying things out loud is also uh, valuable in a way that just thinking about something doesn't have the same effect. It slows uh, you down as well, doesn't it? Which I think is, for me, what makes the real difference between writing and, and typing is I can type quite fast and almost the, the thoughts go from my head to the page without it almost feeling like there's anything that my hand is really doing in between. <laughs> But yeah. writing longhand is quite slow. And so it makes me stop and, and think about things for a bit longer um, and really consider what I'm saying, I think, if I, if I have to do it uh, with pen and paper. Yes, yeah, I think that's true. Cassie, do you go back and read what you've written? Oh, I do for time, from time to time. Um, I, I find that valuable... Uh, and, and this is also something the Puritans recommended, go back and read, partly because you can see answers to prayer. Uh, you can perhaps see growth in godliness that you can then be thankful for. So it gives you even, you know, it's a positive circle uh, in that sense. 
And it is useful also to see the things that I was worried about six months ago and how unnecessary it appears now that I was worrying about them then. I think that's a very valuable reminder to me. If I'd only trusted God then, I wouldn't have had to bear the burden of all that worry. But So, yeah, there are useful aspects of reading what I've written before. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, at some point in the obviously very long distant future after your death, Kirsty, should we be collecting up your collected um, diaries and, and publishing them for the benefit, or even now, like like the Puritan <laughs> Buses, uh, circulating them uh, for the benefit of others? Or, or do you feel like they, they need to be destroyed and, and never looked at again? Oh, look, that's a difficult question. You know, um, uh, Marianne Evans, who was... Uh, George Eliot, she wanted her, all her diaries to be destroyed after she died and her husband didn't do it because he thought they were so wonderful that he published them instead. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that there does feel something quite wrong about that. But on the other hand, they are wonderful. You know, that it is wonderful to see her, her reflection. She was a very intelligent woman, very good writer. Um, lots of spiritual differences from what I would think, but, um, yeah. You know... I, I I guess if after I die, someone finds it useful, well, I'll be beyond caring by then, so maybe I should leave them. But also I, I, I do use the reflections in other things that I write too. Um, so I've actually also been uh, working on a book on psalms and how the psalms are those sorts of mini-sermons that the psalmists preach to themselves and that we can do the same. And it, it is a kind of iterative process. I am using the sorts of things that I've been journaling about as I write those chapters on how the psalms can be very helpful. So, yeah, it it is coming out now. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah, one of the uh, suggestions that the Puritans had is that you should write a diary so that your friends can write your biography after you die. I remember that. I thought that <laughs> yes. was such a great line. I'm like, I, I'm going to put that at the front of my diary. I'm writing this so that you can say lovely things about me when I die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Maybe we should be writing more biographies of fellow Christians, not just the famous ones, but just ordinary Christian lives. Um, and biographies that actually include the sort of warts and all stories that aren't just about the public ministry, which may be very wonderful, but also gives an insight into the, the real Christian struggle of the person. Because we mm. do all have those. We are all struggling with issues of ongoing sinfulness and, and on constant need for repentance and, and failure in all kinds of ways. And I think there's something so encouraging to me in my Christian life to know that that is the same for everybody, even the people I think, goodness me, God, God used them in, in mighty and glorious ways, to know that actually, you know, we're, we're all the same on our knees before the Lord, struggling with, with our own yeah. sinfulness. And, and maybe these kind of diaries might give rise to a, an even more useful form of biography in the future, perhaps. Well, maybe, yes. I mean, we are jars of clay, and that's precisely what shows God's glory, that he can use these very clay people for his glory. Uh, uh, yeah. 
So, Kirsty, can you give me some practical tips? Um, presumably, this is all very much better if I go out and buy a beautiful new notebook to start in. Please say me, I can do that. Um, do I have to do it every day? Do I have to do it at the same time every day? Um, do I have to have some kind of structure to follow? Just where would I start if I've never done anything like this before? Obviously, I should buy your book and that will tell me how to do it. And then I should go and read the 17th century guide on, on how to do it. But just give our podcast listeners a couple of pointers to where to start. If a beautiful diary will help you, then by all means, buy one. You know, God created beauty. And uh, it affects some people more than others to have an aesthetically pleasant experience as you're doing it also if you're artistic by all means draw in it and and doodle and do lovely illustrations i know um one woman i knew in australia whose her diary was absolutely beautiful she would show me the pictures occasionally covering up the writing but um i just thought oh i wish i could illustrate my journal like that it's lovely or just buy a plain old ruled exercise book and for you know probably get one for 40p at asda or something like that uh, and, and just start writing. Uh, and sometimes not having the beautiful journal helps you because you don't feel like you're desecrating this lovely book with your ordinary writings. So, uh, yeah, the, the main point is to do it. I think it would be helpful. I, I don't journal every day. Um, or I mean, I might go through periods where it's every day and then not for a month or so. And, and the same is uh, with Richard Rogers, who was one of the Puritans I looked at. There's no particular, I, I think at the times when I have tried to discipline myself to write every day, sometimes it's just not very useful because I've got nothing in particular that is pressing on me and so I'm just writing for the sake of it and it becomes a bit of a drudgery. Um, uh, other times I've, I've found it very fruitful when I combine the writing with my morning quiet times. So I'm actually reflecting on the scripture that I just read um, and that's actually, if I, when I'm, when I'm being more disciplined, that is the first thing I'll try to discipline. I mean, I think that's the best, um, regular sort of, uh, writing I can do, but really, you know, there's no, there's no rules about it. Um, you don't have to think one day I will be showing this to someone. It can be entirely private and you're going to burn it. Um, it's, it's the practice of doing it. That is the helpful thing. That's wonderful. Good. Well, we will um, include links uh, to Kirsty's uh, books on that in the podcast. And I also want to encourage listeners to come back next week when I will be talking to Sophie Killingly, who has a Christian journal, so a practical book that you can actually write in to do this sort of thing um, and to think about uh, some of the things Kirsty just mentioned there about how you might include doodling or, or drawing as part of that as well and we'll be talking uh, a bit more in general as well about creativity uh, and how we might express our faith in those sorts of ways so do come back uh, for next week's episode thank you so much Kirsty, uh, for that and uh, if you enjoy the podcast do remember to like us on whatever platform you listen to and maybe share the link with someone else you think would find this helpful Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Church Society podcast. You can find the whole podcast archive on our website, churchsociety.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app. And we'd love it if you are able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm-hmm.